Welcome everyone to Business Growth on Purpose. My name is Jose Palomino. I'm CEO of Value Prop Interactive. And it is my great pleasure every week to be interviewing experts from around the world, owners of other B2B businesses, and sometimes just sharing some of my personal insights from decades of helping businesses grow on purpose. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. This is Jose Palomino, founder and CEO of Value Prop, and your host on Business Growth on Purpose. And today's guest is Darren Mitchell. Now, Darren is an experienced and successful manufacturer owner. In fact, he exited his business. And then he said, gee, I want to help other people like me who are running manufacturing concerns and be successful in all the little things that they need to do to run their very complex businesses. And so he founded Manufacturing Masters. Manufacturing Masters is a program designed especially for small to mid-sized manufacturers that covers a wide range of day-to-day things that they need to know in five-minute chunks. It's a brilliant platform, brilliantly executed by Darren Mitchell, who's going to join us right now. And he's also going to share insights in terms of what manufacturers and all B2B owners should be thinking about in terms of their overall strategy over the next couple of years, the insights he's gained from having the thousands of members he has now in Manufacturing's Masters, plus his own very successful experience. So listen closely as Darren joins us right now. Well, welcome, Darren, to Business Growth on Purpose. Excellent. Good to be here, Jose. It's uh, always nice to have an opportunity to chat with you. Oh, absolutely. And Darren, you know, we've we've talked uh, over a year ago, you were one of my first uh, guests on my podcast. And so for our audience listening now, so they don't have to look up the old episode, what do you do and who do you do it for primarily? Uh, yeah, real quick, in a nutshell, I've been a global manufacturer for the last 23 years, uh, man- manufacturer big highway equipment, we send it all over the world, we manufactured in other countries, I ended up selling that company a year ago Christmas, and I was always asking myself in that time of maturing and growing a business, where do I go that someone can show me what best practice looks like? And every day I was faced with a thousand questions of, you know, all those things we get bombarded with in leadership. And uh, I most of it I was faking, <laughs> trying to get some of it right. So what I did after that is I built a learning platform for business leaders where they could go and find in short five-minute videos vetted industry experts showing them what best practice looks like. So all the way from how to set up a field service team to how to negotiate with a bank to how to implement an ERP system, all of those big complex things that we're throwing at you on a daily basis where do I go to that's a trusted resource that I can find an actual expert who wants to help me? So that's what we did. We built that platform. Uh, we have 130 some experts so far from uh, mostly around North America so far. So we met all the experts. And uh, in the last year and four months since we signed up, uh, we have almost 6,000 users today. And, that's fantastic. Wow. Thanks. Um, and basically the value proposition to the manufacturer signing up is again, they have that quick resource 
where they can sign in and say, listen, this afternoon, uh, our trucking delivery service wants to come and negotiate this year's contract. No one ever taught me how to do that. So we spent a lot of money on shipping uh, our products in, our products out. How do you successfully negotiate with a shipping company? So we have an industry expert on there saying in five minutes, here's your game plan to get ready for that meeting so you can produce the best possible outcome. And it's just a small how-to video where you can go, I never thought of half of those things before. Because normally what happens is, is the shipper comes in and they say, rates are going up by 11%, but because we like you, we're going to settle on seven. And, <laughs> and you as the, the business owner are going, oh, that's wonderful, let's do it, you like me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the wrong approach. Right. So again, it's uh, and again, put, putting yourself in the shoes of a you know a small to medium business owner, you you literally have to get a thousand things right every day. So we're not turning you into a phenomenal expert who went to school for many years in something. It's that quick um, go to guide to say I'm dealing with this one particular issue at least I have the right language to enter in the meeting yeah. to ask the right questions to guide where this is going to go in the future. No, that's, that's fantastic. And I, and I uh, just, you know, full disclosure to our listeners, I had the privilege of being one of your first manufacturing masters recording for your program. So I'm just so excited to see the, the evolution of your platform. I mean, you, you were very clear on your vision for this when we first spoke, and uh, and you've seen it, you know, now it's coming true. So that's fantastic. So I'm, I'm just very happy for you and, and for the people who are those 6,000 manufacturing leaders who now have access to this wealth of knowledge. And I love the fact that your vision was very consistent around a five-minute soundbite, not a course or something like that. So how did you, I'm just curious, how did you come to decide that that was the right format versus you know, a, a longer courseware kind of thing? Um, I have a, a rough board of 17 manufacturers that all of the topics and the experts that were interviewing and vetting, I run the topics past them to make sure I'm not, uh, I, I'm not being selfish. So I, I run it past them. And one of the conversations I had one day with a, uh, a medium-sized manufacturer, she said to me, in one of the meetings we had, she said, listen, you know, here's all the books I bought from Amazon. And I went, yes. And she said, I need help. I don't have time to read all these books, mm. but I only have enough time to buy them. <laughs> and I went, so what do you want? She said, five minutes. That's what I have. I want to go someplace. Someone share with me the language, what we should be looking for, maybe the steps involved. And I want to go to that next meeting with my you know, my management or leadership team and say, these are the things we should be structuring when we're having a conversation on this topic, because we have an expert who shared this best practice with us. And again, the best part with all of our experts is you can reach out to any of them at any time directly and say, thanks, you helped us get a win. Can you now help us implement a process? So we never want to leave anybody hanging on that front. So again, just making those valuable connections to make sure that you know, all those businesses know they're not alone and there's someone they can turn to. Well, and clearly you found, I mean, you, 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 you creating these nuggets of wisdom, this format or this, this platform, your vision for it has resonated with the community of 
manufactured. These are all obviously people by definition, B2B type function, uh, but they make stuff, which I think is its own thing, right? Which is very exciting. Um, so as you, as you talk to these folks and, you know, people signing up, people saying, yeah, you, you solved my problem, that, that sweet spot of the 17 uh, advisors and then the broader audience, the 6,000 subscribers. What are some things that you're learning? Maybe that strike you as interesting uh, or did you kind of want to reflect back to that group um, as to ways to look at strategy and ways to look at their planning for the future, where we are now in the middle of 2023 today, you know, in a post-COVID reality, what are some things you, you've learned that you can maybe share about just what anybody in those in, in that situation, in the driver's seat of a, of a modern B2B manufacturing company, what should they be thinking about? A um, couple things. Uh, so I, again, I, I fortunately get to spend a lot of time with my peers these days, which is awesome because I've been in their shoes and now I have the, uh, the privilege of sitting back watching all the chaos happen and then managing that and producing awesome results. Uh, one of the things is that uh, we don't, we don't, and this is a hard thing to get across, but we see the results all the time is we don't live in many economies anymore. So many times I, I'll sit with a manufacturer and they'll tell me about the competition within five states and how tough it is and why they need to become leaner and meaner because they're competing against those companies and it's becoming tougher. The reality is now is we are now competing in one economy, which is the world. And the, not only do you have to get over that, you now have to start saying, how do we harness that opportunity? And very, very few, like I've sat on some uh, boards across the US who are talking about the lack of exports. So, so many people are importing products to the US. How do we get our products out of the country? And very, very few small to medium businesses are exporting, but the tools are now at our fingertips. Mm -hmm. So how do we, one, get past the, we're not competing against everybody in Georgia. We're now competing against the world. And secondly, how do we do that in a way that we're not always being cheap and we need to get over being cheap? We need to find ways to be value added and solving those problems because we can now do that on a global stage because, again, we have that ability to do so. The second thing would be, and this is all in the same vein, is um, digital connection. So when I spend time with business owners and I scratch, and then I'll scratch and I'll scratch and I'll say, where are you, uh, uh, where are you making your decisions from? Is what they're saying is, I have four suppliers and my four suppliers are all telling me the same thing. I need to be leaner, meaner, cheaper, higher quality, uh, more on time, more competitive. And that as a business owner weighs you down sometimes. So the two things that you need to do there is one, uh, spend more time with your customers, which are the end users. Mm -hmm. And again, when I scratch on the surface, what we're hearing is this is what the supplier told me. And if I spend enough time with a the manufacturer, they're only hearing the voice of six people. <laughs> and those six people are generally 80% of their business, right. whether it's a dealer, a distributor, or whomever it is, and they're they're not hearing necessarily the end message. So a good example in my 
in my manufacturing business, what I would do is I would try and spend more time out of the office than in the office. I have a great management team. We had two factories. I try and make sure we have the best people that are running the show. But uh, I was in the mines, in the, in the mining area, and customers were telling me, hey, this product's great, but we hate these three features. <laughs> and I would go, wow. oh, those three features cost me $8,000 to add them to the product. And you literally hate them. Yeah, uh, we actually cut some of them off when you shipped us the product. Wow. That's a, <laughs> that's, and and right. again, so, and I would ask them, where are we winning? Oh, your product can do the following thing. That's a benefit that not, none of your competitors can do it on. Okay, there's the win. We're going to take $6,000 off the, the, the cost of materials today on production. And we're going to focus our efforts on talking to people who've seen this one benefit. I wouldn't have got that message back to relay to my team if I was just listening to my six dealers or distributors about where the value was being created. So again, trying to force yourself in a leadership position to get out of the office, spend time in the field, because that's where the change is happening fastest that you need to adjust to. If you don't, you're going to become a victim of here's their quote, here's your quote, right. why should I choose you? That's never a great game to play. And the last one in the digital connection is um, one of the things that companies can do today. There's lots of sensors out there. And we talk about automating our factories with digital revolution. But the thought process behind that is cost efficiency. Where I get very excited about digital transformation is can we put sensors somewhere in our downward supply chain that we can become part of our customer's decision-making process? Okay. Because we're now competing against China and we have to be cheaper. The thought process is how can we collect data and become part of our customer's decision-making process? So I'll give you an example of what I mean by this, there's a, a great company out of the middle of North America that I work with who said, um, we're going to add sensors on our products. They not only added sensors on their products, they added an app <laughs> to their products that and think heavy equipment, literally out in the field, the end user, which is the driver is literally going, I press seven and the equipment does what it's supposed to do. That's nice. But the data goes to the customer. It goes to the business owner and it goes back to the manufacturer. Right. Manufacturers controlling the data and what's happening in the field in real time. As a result, this company now sends about a $200,000 a week in product just to England because they're that much further ahead of their competition. And again, they're using this little device to stay connected to adding value to that customer in real time. So those are some of the things that we need to look at the mindset of, A, we're now in a global economy, we just have to accept it. So we need to do things that are more value added as opposed to being more cheap because all my efficiency teaches me today if i want to be the most efficient company i should just move to mexico right i, I just solved all my problems labor rates four dollars and fifty cents an hour and my supply chain has also moved to mexico done 
we're here where we do business today, anywhere in the world, because we're innovative. And we need to keep innovating if we want to create those relationships on a global scale. But, but Dan, if I may, if I may just interject a, a quick clarifying question here. So, yes, you could find more efficiencies. And, you know, Michael Porter talks about the productivity frontier, right? At some point, you're making a car, you're making a machine as efficiently as it can be made with modern science. I mean, you're pretty much there. And all, all advantages from now on are going to be very incremental. So you're not going to win there against, especially if you're competing with very big companies that have greater capital resources that can move everything to Mexico and have already done so. But you talk about adding value, right? So some of the things you talked about were very exciting, the connectivity all the way downstream, right? So the connected world, we're in a global economy, connecting all the way through your supply chain where you actually have visibility to the whole thing. But how does somebody who's running, let's say, a, a, and you, you, you know, you, you, you ran a good size manufacturing plant, but you weren't um, a Fortune 500, you weren't an $8 billion company. So how does a company that's not an $8 billion company innovate to, to realize some of those strategic imperatives you're talking about? Is it possible for a smaller company to actually competitively innovate in a world of giants? Um, in some ways it's easier. <laughs> I, I've had the pleasure of spending some time with the giants and uh, uh, they become very departmentalized and uh, very large. They're doing great things, uh, but sometimes when you're smaller, you can be much more agile. And again, if you have the courage to actually spend time with your customers, it may be just a simple change in how you're shipping your product how you're doing paperwork, mm. how you're providing warranty, how you're stocking inventory, all of those things saying, is if this is your pain point to your customer, what if we just did it this way? And you will have a very loyal customer for a long time, but you need to have the courage to spend the time to do that. And it's your advantage as a small to medium business owner. You have to be in front of them and them literally saying, um, we just want you to ship it differently. <laughs> and you're going, really? You just want us to ship it differently? Yeah, because if you did this, it's going to save us a whole bunch of time down the process. Right. Great. If we could do that for you, do we have a deal? Yes. Perfect. That, that level of leadership, you need to keep on your front end, listening to what's going on in the industry. And again, knowing where your bigger competitors are at and saying, I don't want to play that game. They're winning. I don't want to beat them at that game. You can beat them at something else. Right. So, so you, uh, in, a, in adjusting strategy one, I think the first thing is, as I understood it, is, is understanding, recognizing and accepting the fact that you're no longer in a, in a tight regional competition. You're in a global competition. Yeah. And just to add to that, and I think it ties both things together well. One of the things I was doing on the global stage was I was partnering with those much larger manufacturers. And I would walk in the door and say, you are very big and I'm very small. And they would agree with me. And I would say, <laughs> would you like? and I, I started building them some equipment. And like in Australia alone, we walked into the largest trailer manufacturer, partnered with them. And the deal was is they paid us a licensing fee for the brand and the innovation. And we agreed not to ship more product to Australia. So I was making very large licensing fees every year, and I never had to go to Australia. And we duplicated that model across 
seven other countries. Wow. And again, that, that mindset of, can I partner with these companies? Can I do something different? And it's usually your innovation and creativity that you're bringing to the table, not we have the world's fastest stamping machine. Right. I can buy one of those. Right. Right. Any of those capabilities can be your competitor can buy the same machine because you're yeah. because and they can buy bigger, better ones than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, on, on that note, you know, staying on that global stage, you can take if you're comfortable with it, you can take your innovation out to that global stage and create those partnerships or create that level of innovation on a global stage like Japan. We always think of Japan as the you know, the, all the expressions we use in our industry come from Japan. Well, guess what Japan didn't have? Japan didn't have innovation. So when I left my company, Japan was paying us a hefty amount of licensing fees saying we're really good at manufacturing. We just kind of stink at innovation these days. And I'm going, this is awesome. Here I am in the middle of nowhere sending a lack of stuff to Japan and they think we're pretty cool. What they didn't like was my tolerances. And I got lectured on it daily. And my thought process was, is thank you very much, but I'm not competing with you on tolerances. I'm competing with you on innovation. Wow. Wow. Well, Darren, look, this is a, this is a, a it could be a very long and deep conversation if we get into this, but if you were to summarize like one, somebody listening was an owner of a manufacturer looking out at, you know, fears of recession, inflation, all these challenges. I mean, we are coming out of COVID, but who knows what's around? It seems like every six years, something major cataclysmic happens in the world these days. What would your like key word to them be, to that owner operator of a manufacturing concern? One thought that you would like to leave them with uh, for this episode? I just like, you know, something that comes to mind. Margin. We, uh, most, uh, most business owners, they'll have, you know, half a dozen, some will have thousands of SKUs, but, you know, there's a half a dozen SKUs your company has. Uh, what I like doing when I work with a, a new business is stick our head into the financials pretty quick. And you're probably doing something that has a decent margin that you don't realize how good you are at doing it or how much it's needed in the marketplace. So, any business owner out there who's thinking about the future and again, all those things we just talked about, take a look at your margin, your product margins. And instead of just being busy every day, look at those sections on your pie chart of the ones that have the margins and say to yourself, could we be spending a little more time growing this particular product on our top line because it has decent margins and we may even have a couple points to give away to a new dealer or distributor or pick up new customers because we're getting decent margins on that one item. Be very careful on not convincing yourself you're just busy today because that's the first thing we always do. How's business? Oh, we're busy. We're flat out. Can't find any people. Supply chain sucks. So what you need to do is take a good look at your, you know, picture it on a pie chart and say, you know, uh, we're spending a lot of time and energy on, you know, 50% of our sales go to this one product, but we're only making 5% margin at the end of the day. Why don't we strategically spend some time on this product where we're making 52% margin? Right. And the question is, why aren't you doing it? And the answer is, well, you're busy. You need right. to set aside time to say, we're going to spend a little more time here as opposed to trading dollars over here. And that's something that, 
a very senior leader should do in the business and say, strategically, how do I give direction to my team? Because I already know we're busy on this part. Wow, that's fantastic, Darren. And uh, just first of all, again, excited for what you're doing with Manufacturing Masters. I think it's fantastic. And really appreciate your insights you shared. You know, again, you're right in the, you're like in the hub of a lot of activity, real world experience. So I think some really great stuff that we've been able to share with our audience. So if somebody wanted to know more about you, about your business, reaching out to you, connecting, where should they go online to find out more? Yeah, you can find us not only at Manufacturing Masters, but you can find us at mitchellindustries.ca. And that's the company that owns the product. We also have some more training products coming out for manufacturers to help train the staff. Um, so this is something that we've been hearing from a lot of our users. And we're, uh, we're also in the middle of partnering with manufacturing associations. So right now we have a partnership with the Excellence in Manufacturing Consortium across Canada. We've provided their learning library, which is offered to their uh, to their membership and their employees. And I'm currently working my way across the U.S. looking to partner with U.S. associations that we can provide some very, very good data to the associations about the services that are being offered to their um, their clients. So those are those are ways to find me. And those are things we're spending time on today. But again, my my passion is to get these experts and this expertise into many, as many small to medium businesses as I can today, because I know what it's like to be alone. And again, it's not to say it's a magic wand or it's going to solve all their problems. Just know that you have options at the end of the day. That's the, that's the most important thing for anyone, anybody in a leadership position is to know they have options to make good decisions. Fantastic. Darren Mitchell, thank you so much for stopping by Business Growth on Purpose. We appreciate it. Thanks, Jose. Keep up the good work. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose.